right, so uh, I'm going to invite up the, the NYC group. If you could come up here, take a seat, and I'm just, oh, oh, thank you. Um, and while they come up, uh, I want to mention uh, that a uh, few things. One is uh, Nazarene Youth Conference uh, happens every four years. Uh, it is uh, hosted at a different uh, city each time, uh, with the exception of some repeats. Um, but uh, the theme this year uh, was to love God, love others, and then love lived, what that looks like. And so um, we're going to share with you kind of what those, uh, what that looked like for us. And um, at, they're going to uh, spend some time talking about some of the other things that were thrown in there as well. Um, but uh, I'm going to let Lynn begin. And then uh, we're going to kind of break it off into sections by kind of uh, days uh, of the week, and then in between, we're going to invite the, the worship team to come back up, and we're going to uh, help lead in a few songs that we sang at NYC, so we invite you to join us during those times as well. So, go ahead. All right, so our first day, we started here at 1 a.m. Yeah, my bedtime. Um, <laughs> and we were prayed over and sent on our way up to the airport, and we met at 3 a.m., the rest of Western Washington that was traveling with us, and then we waited for the airline ticket agents to come to work. Um, so it was a pretty uneventful, uneventful travel day. We flew from Seattle to Las Vegas, Las Vegas down to Phoenix. We got into Phoenix and felt that nice warm hug of an air that we had, um, and they loved it. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I thought. They were a little tired, a little hungry, and very hot. And we got to get on a little tram and go downtown and carry our luggage through downtown, if you can imagine, all over 100 of us with our suitcases walking down the street. Um, but that's when the fun began. We started having people saying, where are you from? And you see their groups, and they're all matching t-shirts. And um, the excitement started then, right? Kind of? A little bit. They were really tired. <laughs> I slept on the plane. They didn't, a whole lot of them. But... Um, so we got to our hotel, and we took our backpacks that we brought filled with school supplies, and we walked across a couple blocks, and we got to um, put them into giant bins. So all the rulers went in a giant bin, and all the school, the school glue and stuff, and that um, was just really incredible to see how much, as I only brought one backpack and one binder and one bottle of glue, but when we all came together as a group of over 8,000, and we were there before, probably a lot of them were there, how much impact that could make in those, just a giant amount of school supplies that then went to some of the lower income schools there in town, um, as well as to the local foster care offices to help those in foster care with their school supplies. Um, and then after that, we got to go have lunch and we had a little bit of downtime that evening. NNU hosted us at Six Flags um, Water Park there in Phoenix where they fed us dinner, and then it was supposed to be 8 o'clock, but it was much later than that. We got to go into the water park. It was still over 90 degrees outside, um, and it was a lot of fun in the Lazy River. I don't know about anywhere else because <laughs> I sat in the Lazy River. Um, no, we went on a couple slides, and it was really fun. And then about 11 o'clock, we went back to our hotel um, and got our first night's rest. Day two, <laughs> we, we rested well. 
Day two is when we started drinking from a fire hydrant. Um, we got up early, we got our breakfast, and we sat in on session one. And our theme for the day was love God. And it started off that morning um, by how do we love God. And the overall theme for the speaker that morning was by worshiping. And not just by worshiping, but by being worship ourselves and what that means. Amina Brown was our speaker that morning, and she is a poet that is just amazing. Um, and then her husband kind of backs her up, and he's a DJ. So he mixes music and stuff behind her poems as she shares and her words, and it's just incredible to get to witness that and experience that and to feel her words through the music and just what she has to say. Um, and she started with sharing off a poem of hers called Roots and Wings, and it, she talked about how her mom uh, found this poem that she had written as a 17-year-old high schooler and sent it into this contest, and her as a shy 17-year-old high schooler, um, that was totally out of her comfort zone, and yet she was kind of mama knows best kind of thing, and shoved her in there, she ended up winning and getting to present that. And that kind of started her speaking career, her sharing of her poetry. Um, and that poem is based on John 1.1. Um, and just understanding who God is so that we can understand who we're to be and, and who we are to worship. And then she shared out of it, she has a book called How to Fix a Broken Record. And one of the title chapters chapters of the title, I can't speak, title of one of the chapters is why social media is the best thing to happen to me. And my takeaway was that you get to be nosy from your couch, right? Another chapter was why social media is the worst thing to happen to me. And this is where she really dove in and um, talked about how it can ruin your life, your lunch, your friendships, you can raise your stress level, your blood pressure. You can sit and ask yourself um, things like, why wasn't I invited to that party? I wouldn't have gone, but at least they could have invited me. Does she wake up looking like that? I'd really like that couch, that house. Do I get enough sleep? Do I sleep too much? I'd like that opportunity, all these things, and you're kind of left feeling like, am I enough? just in a short amount of scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, you can kind of left feeling, am I enough? Um, and she wanted us to know that, that God would love to have that 15, 20, 30 minutes of scrolling on his social media and uh, doesn't want us to live, leave feeling like, am I enough? He wants to pour into us and fill us with his Holy Spirit and... Um, wants us to know that we are enough and with him we can be amazing and she ended it with talking about um, I think she said something it's a pink song is that what it was does anybody remember I might get it wrong but is Jesus a DJ is that what it is I don't know what the song is I'm really great um, <laughs> or whatever but she based it off Romans 8:28, all things work together. And just talking about, you know, her husband, the DJ, sits back there, and he takes this part of the song and this part of the song, and it can be 
the bad part of a song or something that doesn't really sound good to you and mixes it with other songs to make a beautiful sound and how God does that in our lives. He can take the broken parts and the hurt parts and the parts where we don't feel enough and we mix it in with him and letting him work in our lives and to create a beautiful life um, and one that we spend in worship and to be worship to him. He doesn't need us to worship him, but he wants us to worship him, and he wants that to be our focus. So that was kind of our morning uh, session. And then in the afternoon, we got to go a thing called the experience, and it was a worship experience, um, and they set it up in three rooms, and it kind of went for our themes for each day. So the first day, as I said, was love God. The second one was love others, and the third one was live loved. Did I say that right? Love lived. Thank you. Um, and so in the first one, they did like a campfire type thing. Um, and I'm forgetting what the thing was. Sorry. That's right. Thank you. Jalen had me back here. So the experience on that one was uh, they had sticks in the ground and they had things that might paint us on the top of the stick. And underneath in the ground, when you pulled it out, it said beloved. So knowing that you are beloved and God's. And then the second room was love others. And we had three different Bible stories that had different experiences with it, with uh, some lavender oil. So we got to smell and a flower to touch and then bread to taste. Um, And just talking about how Jesus went out and loved these people that others said were unlovable. And then Love Lived Out was led by a great guy over here. Um, (laughs) He got to worship and then take a light from a tree, and we took our light out and downstairs, and you put it on a a bigger tree altogether downstairs. Um, And so that was kind of that worship experience for that day. Then we got to have lunch, and we went to the pool, most of us, after that for a little bit had dinner, and then we had our evening session. Two pieces of paper. Um, And that was, uh, our speaker that night was called Stretch Dean. He's a pastor back east. Um, And he talked about loving God by surrendering. And he brought out a bunch of Oreos and use that as our our thing, and God gives us this whole package of double-stuffed best Oreos in life, right? And he wants us to be all in with those Oreos, and yet we take one, and we're like tempted by the world to be like, oh, you have one, and oh, let me put one here and there. And as he's dropping these on the floor, of course, we're all going, don't waste the Oreos, buddy, right? Don't, don't, and he's smashing them with his feet, and we're like crying over these Oreos. Um, and yet that's how God is with us. And he talked about Romans 12 and how we know that Jesus is it. He makes the darkness tremble. He makes fear silent. And yet we're tempted by what the world has to offer. We know Jesus is it. And yet 
we're like, oh, this looks good, or oh, this looks good, and we kind of portion ourselves out, and God wants us fully surrendered to him. Um, and he said he used Oreos for that. And, oh, the plunger. It was the other part. I can't leave out the plunger. Um, so his other story for us was how he was a youth pastor, and he was at camp, and fun things happen at junior high boy camp, right? And he had a couple of teens come to him and say, we got a problem in the cabin. And he comes running in, and there's stuff oozing out the door of the cabin or whatever. And he takes off his shoes and wades in and grabs the plunger and, you know, gives it all he can and, and frees the problem and takes care of it. And then he takes the bleach, and he you know, was taking those socks that were floating in what was overflowing and cleans everything, washes everything, scrubs the floor, and feeling great, right? He took care of the problem. He cleaned it all up. Their cabin smells better than it has all week long. And that night in bed with seventh grade boys, things got a little rowdy. And one of the boys picks up the plunger and sticks it to himself and says, I'm plunger man, or suction man. So I'm suction man, or whatever. And of course, what do seventh grade boys do? They're laughing, they're cheering, they think this is hilarious. And he takes it off his chest and he sticks it over his mouth. <laughs> Runs around, <laughs> right? And he realizes that he did not bleach that plunger. And one of the boys who knew of the afternoon problem in the cabin is like, guys, we're up past bed. Turns off the lights and his friends follow suit and they kill Plunger Man. And he's laying all night like, this boy's gonna die. <laughs> he's gonna get something. That's just gross. <laughs> What am I going to tell his parents, right? And all night long he's up and just worrying about this and how he related it to how we can be. We can make everything look so clean and have it all cleaned up. And we have that plunger in our lives that looks relatively clean enough to a seventh grade boy who would stick it on his face. And yet we know where that plunger has been and what it has touched. Um, and how when God comes to us, we kind of just hold that plunger like, hey, life is good, life is clean. And God wants us to fully embrace. And when we're holding that plunger, we're kind of giving God side hugs. God doesn't want our side hugs. God wants to be able to fully embrace, embrace us. Um, and so... We need to let go of the, the plunger in life, even if it looks clean on to others. If that's what's holding us back from being fully surrendered to God, we need to, to put down the plunger and uh, go all in with our, our Oreos. So that was kind of it for day one. Does anybody want to share what their takeaway from that was? 
So one of the things that I liked about Amina Brown when she was speaking is my mom said she is a poet. So everything that she does, she's taking these things that happen in her life, in other people's lives that she's seen. And what she's doing is she's putting it into a story. And it kind of uh, just, you know, puts it into perspective that we're a part of uh, God's story, but we're also a part of our own story. And the everyday things that we're doing are still a part of that story, even if they're not significant or especially life-changing, they're still a part of a story. And so that's when I think, I think that was when at NYC that I realized that a part of my story was ending, especially because I've just graduated. So this is a really good time to reflect on that and just to see where my story has taken me because a lot has changed in my story. Um, and I'm glad that it has gone where it has gone. I think that I've become the person I wanted to be when I was a kid, but it was good to have that imagery of a poem, of something that's flowing and moving and doesn't necessarily stop. It just has these sections that you keep moving from. Um, but it was just a really good um, reflection time for me. Is this on? Am I on now? Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, Something about the experience that was really cool was how um, throughout all of NYC, all that crazy and uh, just thing after thing after thing, um, we took some a couple hours and set it aside and sat in a room, listened to some peaceful music that was playing, and just had time with God, and we could just sit and think and um, just pray and just spend time with him and have a person grow in our personal relationship with him. So what I took away from that day, um, Stretch Dean, he was a very captivating speaker. Um, <laughs> and so what I took away from that was that when he was using the Oreos, he was using them like poker chips and saying we need to go all in. And just the way he presented it, it was very, very meaningful. Um, the thing I also found meaningful from uh, Stretch Dean's message was how he talked about when he was in high school, he would, uh, the way he thought about his Christian walk was he didn't do, he didn't do the most, but he did a lot. And then when that really hit him in high school was when uh, one of his best friends didn't even realize that he was a Christian just because um, he, he wasn't surrendering himself fully to God, and that just really spoke to me on, um, you, you, re you really do have to give everything to God. You can't keep things back. God knows it's there. You have to fully embrace his love and everything that he has for you. One of the last things that Stretch did during his presentation um, was there was this man who came up onto the stage because there's like a center stage in the arena and there's this man that came up on the stage and he just held his arms out like this and for a minute like five minutes he just stood there and no one knew what he was doing because Stretch was still finishing so this man was just standing there all kind of looking at each other like what is he doing <laughs> um, but then Stretch was talking about like the side hugs and how God doesn't want our side hugs. He wants a full-on hug. Um, and so at the very end, like right as he was done talking, he just runs up and just like jumps on this guy, giving him a hug. But one of the things that it reminded me of is like when you see soldiers coming home, 
uh, you know, that reunion hug when you haven't seen someone for like a year. And it was just that, it, that's what that hug reminded me of. And I think that's the kind of hug that God wants. It was a good imagery for me. Said, well, there I am. Like Ken said, we're going to sing a couple of songs that we sang uh, at NYC, and these guys are going to belt it out, although we didn't put microphones on them um, just so that they would sing. Um, but uh, we want to teach these songs to you and invite you to join in. It, perhaps some of you know them already, but uh, we just wanted to share some of the worship that we uh, had during the conference with you.
So I'm talking about day Friday, whatever day that was. Um, it's all a blur. And so the morning session, um, Danielle Strickland was the speaker, and she talked about the her, what? Yeah, what she talked about was the love of Jesus drives us to love others. We're a people of love and compassion who comp who proclaim good news to the poor, hurting, and broken. And um, the one thing I remember from what she had to say was she talked about how Jesus looks at us through rose-colored glasses, and he doesn't see us, he doesn't see all our faults like we do. Um, he sees us through the rose-colored glasses, so I kind of like that. Um, but we also, um, during the day, we um, went to the rec center and at the convention center, and there's this huge, I don't know how big it was, huge room. Um, and they had lots of activities. Uh, each of the colleges had their own um, space. Uh, one of the colleges had a, some sort of a dance party where you wear headphones, and the only people who can hear the music are the people with the headphones. And so when you watch them, you can, everybody's jumping and, and lip syncing, and, but if you're watching them, you hear nothing. So it's kind of weird to watch. I didn't actually get to do it, but. Um, they had a, a thing that you climb up, like you walk the plank, and I got to watch Thomas jump off of it and land on the stuntman thing. That was pretty cool. Um, they had obstacle courses. They had giant pool. So instead of pool balls, they were soccer balls. And anyways, it lots of fun activities. That's where we had all of our, our lunches. Um, that's all I can remember from that. Whoops. Um, and then the evening session, um, it was two men who spoke, and they're, I don't know if it's a foundation or a book, or, but they're called I'll Push You. If you look it up, um, Google it. It's a really neat story. Um, Justin Skisuk and Patrick Gray. Um, and their message was Christ. Christ's love calls us together, unites us with other believers, and enables us to bear witness to God's love in the world as the body of Christ. And um, their story is Justin has a neuromuscular disease similar to Lou Gehrig's, I think, 
um, and he's in a wheelchair, um, and he's, he's lost his ability to walk, and I think just recently he lost some of his fine motor skills with his hands. And, um, and Patrick is his friend, and he wanted, I don't remember if he wanted to do something for him or exactly how the story went, but he took him on a 500-mile pilgrimage in northern Spain um, called Camino de Santiago, um, and he pushed him in his wheelchair, and um, they got to, they met lots of people along the way. Many of them didn't speak English, and so uh, trying to communicate with people, but people helped them like every step of the way. Um, and the thing that I really took away from their, their message was the Bible tells us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and um, Patrick was literally the hands and feet for Justin uh, because Justin wouldn't have been able to do it without him. And so it kind of made me realize I don't have to have like super huge talent and skill. I can just literally be somebody's hands and feet. So I don't know why that was that clicked for me after how many years. <laughs> but that kind of hit me. Um, and then, oh, um, we had, during each session, we had worship, and it was a band called Royal Company that was, our, was the worship team. Um, and they, they, they were a lot of fun. They were jumping. And I just remember the bass player was jumping all over the stage, and he'd run down the, whatever it's called, the on-ramp, whatever. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> He'd run down with his bass. He'd run down into the crowd. He was always running, always jumping. And I don't know how he was able to do it, but it, that was, I like that. And then the, we, had the, we had a concert that night that was a surprise. Nobody knew who it was until they were on the stage playing. And um, it was Newsboys, and it was my favorite band. And I was probably the most excited <laughs> about it. But, um, oh, and... During the Newsboys concert, um, during <laughs> the song Jesus Freak, um, there's a part where normally somebody else raps it, and so he asked if anybody in the crowd could rap it. And there were kids down the floor that had their hands raised, and then there was one kid with his hand raised, but he didn't know it, but all the kids around him were pointing at him, like, pick him, pick him. Um, and so... Michael Tate said, okay, I'm picking him, and, and he gets up there, and he's just a farm boy from Nebraska, Nebraska. <laughs> and he gets up there, and it's time for that part of the song, and he just took it, and Michael Tate was blown away, and it was, and the entire crowd, I mean, even if you were jealous that he got up there and you didn't, it, he was the right person <laughs> to be up there. It was, it was pretty awesome, so does anybody... Would anybody like to add? And he became famous on Instagram as a result of it. They made t-shirts at NYC for him. Chester, his name was Chester. So out of the evening speakers, um, Justin, like what I took away from the message is um, they have a movie called I'll Push You. And um, so Justin, because he was um, ridden to a wheelchair, he spent a long time watching TV. And he was watching, I think, the Discovery Channel or something and saw this um, 
trail and he wanted to do it and Patrick was like I'll push you no matter what and like they were able to fly there and do the trail and random people that they didn't even know would come and help them and help push Justin and I just saw it as um, no matter what God's calling you to do or what you want to do God will lead a way and he'll find a way for you to do it especially if he's calling for you to do it. So um, with Patrick and Justin, they talked about the church, and uh, a lot of their message was the church is beyond the foundation and the four walls that we meet in every Sunday. It's the relationships you have, and those stretch beyond borders and beyond uh, just the town you're living in. And so I thought that was very powerful that the church isn't just this church, it's not just the church down the road, but it's this global church that this body that's working for Christ, so. Um, my favorite part of the uh, NYC was probably the rec center just cause like, it reminded me so much of uh, uh, youth camp and high school camp and it I go every summer it's like my favorite place on earth and yeah um, at the end of the second session after the people with the um, Justin and Patrick uh, I can never remember their names um, instead of doing like an ending like worship set what they did was instead of like the full band going on there were just two singers someone with a guitar and someone on keyboard and we sang about 20 songs in 30 minutes, but the most beautiful thing is sometimes they would just stop playing, so it was just 8,000 people singing the same song at the same time, and I think that was one of the best parts because we also had these wristbands that when we were in the center, they would light up, so when it was no lights, just people singing, and the wristbands were on, it looked like just a 1,000 stars, like 8,000 stars just singing, which I think was, I think, my favorite part of the whole trip. My favorite part was uh, listening to all the music and uh, enjoying all the music and listening to all the people talk and tell their story and going to all the and going to the water park and having fun. Hello. Um, something that I liked from the second day, right, was the love others. Um, was Daniel Strickland um, when she was talking about the rose-covered glasses and seeing people differently, um, like how God sees people instead of how people see people. And there was um, a wedding that her friend, I don't remember exactly, but her friend had a wedding and she wanted it in an interesting neighborhood. And uh, she invited everybody to this beautiful wedding. Um, and so many people came and they, it was people that wouldn't normally come, um, that she didn't really know, and there was this dude in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and I just, I don't know, it, something about that, just how people see people differently, but that day, like, everybody went to this beautiful wedding, and everybody was, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's good. 
I have a wireless microphone, but I'm going to steal hers. Um, so uh, that was probably one of the most powerful moments for me too. Um, and so uh, the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me for probably the whole week was in that that story of the wedding. It was in a, it was in an alley, and there was kind of blood and like needles like all over this place. But they wanted to have this wedding in the place that they had met. And so it was this kind of story of transformation and redemption, and, and a bunch of homeless people started coming, and they're just like, what's going on? And they're like inviting them as they saw them. And then um, somebody popped up out of the dumpster and realized there's a wedding going on, and they kind of ducked down and went back in. And when Danielle had finished officiating that wedding, she went back to the dumpster and said, it's not too late. You're still invited. There's a party uh, a reception with food, and you're welcome to come. It's not too late. And that really spoke to me um, that I think that a lot of us can, well, especially me, um, can uh, think it's too late maybe for someone, like that, that they're too far uh, for God to reach, right? Uh, too far uh, away from his, uh, his welcome, his invitation, and uh, and so that was really powerful for me. I loved, I loved hearing that. And so uh, we're going to sing now about that love. And so I uh, invite you to join with us.
So hi, I'm Jennifer Watson, and I got to go on the trip, and two of my kids came <laughs> also. So on day three, um, is it love lived or live loved? I don't, both. it's both, okay. So it was live loved or love lived. And our first speaker was Shauna Songer Gaines, and she's a pastor and a mother and a wife. And she spoke on holiness. She reminded us that God tells us to be holy as I am holy. And that one really spoke to me because I've been praying Psalm 51 just for my own life since the new year. And those were the verses that she talked about. And she talked about David and how, you know, when we get a picture of holiness, you know, he's like the golden boy. But, you know, he had that whole Bathsheba thing and, you know, helped take care of her husband. So um, he was all tangled up in sin. She said, sin is the unraveling of God's good creation. And she talked about it like if holiness was the perfect tapestry that God made, and you pull, sin is that string that you pull, and it starts unraveling, and we get all tangled up in that. And sometimes it's just so normal, just so part of just the wallpaper of our life that we don't even notice the sin in our lives. And we need to come undone, like when David was coming undone before the Lord in Psalm 51. And um, I just, I love, she said, holiness is God's gift of love for us. And just that he, he'll renew us, that he wants to make us new. And in Psalm 51.10, when David says, create in me a new heart, the create word is like, in the beginning create, like, renew me and make me completely a new creation. So she really spoke to me, and she had this whole thing about um, her grandpa making a car for her, but one of you guys can talk about that. And that was really awesome, too. Um, so she said let go of what's holding you back and become that new thing. So after that was our service project. I was really nervous about this because I thought, oh man, are we gonna like be, you know, talking to people like one-on-one? -on -one? Are they gonna be clean? I don't know, like I have to get over myself. But we went to St. Vincent de Paul and it was a very large organization, like a lot bigger than I thought um, it would be. And we all had just a small job and our group worked in the kitchen, but People were cleaning bedpans even. I was really glad Ken did not volunteer us for that. But um, <laughs> so my little group, we were cleaning ovens and you know, I was just, I don't know, I just, I don't even clean my own oven. But I was like, okay Jesus, I'm cleaning this oven for you. And um, it just reminded me that like ministry, we can minister to other people. It doesn't matter how big or how small, but the person who was going to cook the next day's meals in those oven, I'm sure that they were blessed by our efforts. I mean, they were full of, it was gross. <laughs> yeah, Charity accidentally got some in her face. <laughs> oh, man. So when we got back, Gustavo Crocker spoke, and he spoke on being called, and he talked, um, he taught to us out of Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and that's when the four friends bring the paralyzed friend to Jesus, and the very first thing in those verses is that Jesus was home, and so he asked us, is Jesus home in you? And if Jesus isn't in, at home in us, if we don't have Jesus, if we don't have that love, then just anything we do, it's just for nothing. It, he called it just a bunch of nothing. I really like that. So he reminded us, just like we need reminding, we live in this broken world, and there, we're just surrounded by broken and paralyzed people. And 
when we have the love of Jesus in our heart, we need to be the people that are bringing them to him. And just a theme throughout the entire conference is just, well, I mean, obviously we're Christians. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But Jesus really is the answer. He's the only answer. And I really liked him. And he was afraid of heights, and he told this story about his daughter jumping off some high thing, and he pointed out he had had the stage marked so he wouldn't get too close to the edge. So he was a crack up. And okay. So that night we, um, for King and Country played, and that was really awesome. They were amazing. I'd, I'd heard them on the radio, but I had no idea. So um, that was great. And the next morning we went back for our closing session, and we all we had communion together, and there was a bunch of stuff going on. But the last speaker spoke about, well, his topic, it was called Go. It was Eric Samuel Tim, and he, he's not even Nazarene, but they let him in. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good. Um, so he had been, I think, was he the guy that had been painting that picture the whole time? So when other things were going on, he'd been painting these three large canvases, and you couldn't really tell what it was until he came out and they were all three together. So um, we have love God, love others, and live love, or love lived. I don't know, okay, so it's like if it's wings, here's love God, and here's love others. And when we have both those wings, the plane can soar, but if you just have one, you're just going to spiral out. So if, you don't, if you're not loving God and loving others, you can't go live that love. And I really liked that image. And he talked about, he told us, you know, Jesus says, don't worry and don't fear. And he talks about how, like, what's the biggest enemy of the plane? It's gravity. So um, our enemies right now are like that worry and fear, especially for this generation. And comparison is the fertilizer that's growing those trees. So he talked, told us about, you know, in John 21 and John, the favorite disciple, he's lounging on Jesus and Peter's like, well, what about him? What are you going to do with him? What's your plan? And Jesus says, what's it to you? You go and follow me. So I, I just really loved that. Like, we don't need to compare and we don't need to compete. We're all on the same team and we just need to go and live that love together. So you guys should, uh, somebody should talk about the tiger in the car. Anybody? Um, well, my favorite part of that day was doing the service projects, even though it was cleaning a stove that smelled like burnt broccoli. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. I mean, I wanted to go work in the freezer or the fridge because it was like 120 degrees outside. But no, I was cleaning a stove. <laughs> um, but... <I> <laughs> I just, I love working for other people with my friends. It was so much fun. It was like probably the thing I looked forward to most, actually, because I remember doing it at another church event. And I really liked that. Oh, yeah, the scorpion. <laughs> this actually happened on day two, but uh, Kay bought a scorpion in the gift shop and she fed it to Brian. We didn't see the warning on the back of the package that said maybe used as a laxative, so. <laughs> so he was sick during the Newsboys concert and threw up in the morning. And we realized what the warning said like at 2 a.m. We were like, uh-oh, no wonder he felt so terrible. And so she felt really bad. Okay. 
story behind this. I was in the gift shop buying a keychain, and I saw this, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Maybe I'll eat it, or maybe one of the boys will eat it. And so I bought it, and Brian just happened to be there. And I was like, yeah, I'll give you beef jerky and buy you a coffee. And <laughs> um, later that night, I was in the gift shop with Ken, and I was reading the back of a package, and I was like, fine print, said, um, may act as a laxative. And I was like, hmm, I should tell Brian that. <laughs> We should, we should probably add that the scorpion was in a, like, lollipop. Yeah. It wasn't like a, like, actual just scorpion sitting on the counter you can buy. Like, it, it was a real scorpion, but it was, like, in a sucker. So there you go. It was, yeah, it was nasty. Yeah. It was disgusting. Anybody so else? Bad. McKenna? Yeah. Uh, what I liked is this. What I liked was the service project and how we impacted so many lives just on cleaning ovens and just washing dishes. That was really cool. So my favorite part of the entire trip was the For King and Country concert. I am a really big For King and Country fan, but um, I all the concerts, at least um, for the Newsboys and for King Country, were focused on love. And one of my favorite um, times during the for King Country is when they played the song Priceless. Um, they came out and started talking about how every single one of us is priceless. And they focused it mainly on girls because of a lot of different things that girls of our generation go through and that have gone through in past generations. Um, and I thought that was very beautiful and a wonderful image of how God sees us. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's give these guys a hand. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so, stay, stay there really quick. Um, surely there are many more stories to tell, especially on the trip uh, through the desert and into Disneyland. Uh, they would love to share those stories with you, and so I want to invite you to um, seek them out, to ask about the bus with no AC um, through the desert. That, they would love to share that with you if they can remember what happened, uh, if they weren't affected by the, all the heat strokes and everything. Um, but uh, they'd love to talk about Disneyland and all that stuff, but we are um, limited on time, and so we wanted to, um, well, I wanted to just really sum up the heart of NYC. This is my first time going. I did not go as a student, but um, I was just looking forward to experiencing this um, for the first time. And uh, in a nutshell, uh, I really appreciated uh, the theme for the entire event, which was to love God, love others. And those of you who know, uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 22, uh, there's a recording of Jesus heading into Jerusalem, and he goes to the temple, and he's met by a bunch of religious leaders and elders, and they try to trap him in all kinds of um, theology questions, and, and one of the experts of the law came to him and said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? in the law of Moses. And, and Jesus, without missing a beat, quickly replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, but the second is equally important. And what I really, what jumped out at me this whole week was 
how quickly I read past that, that last part that I just, that I just said. That the second is equally important. And so it's not just love God, love others, and go live that love out in the world, but how they're intertwined, that, that loving God is equal to loving others, and that when we love others, we are, in fact, showing love to God, because people matter to God. All people. All people. And so when you go out of your way, when it's inconvenient to show love to someone, you are loving God. It is an act of worship. And you're living that out, and you're a reflection of God in this world. And so I love the theme, and I, and I want to say that the, uh, all the speakers, all the sessions just flowed beautifully. It spoke to me uh, as, a, as a pastor, but also just to everyone, really. I, I could see even uh, the, the speakers um, kind of uh, acknowledging uh, from from one another, you know, just how much they uh, had grown in, in listening to their the other speakers. And so, anyway, what a great week. And so, I just wanted to say on behalf of our group, once again, over and over, uh, thank you so much for your support this last year. Uh, it was just kind of a, a long stretch for us, but um, it was worth it. It was amazing. Uh, and now we have all these memorable experiences for the rest of our lives, and, and we could not have done it without you. So thank you so much um, for your prayers and for um, the resources to get us there. It seemed impossible <laughs> at first, um, but we made it because of you. So thank you so much for your support.